welcome back to another episode of My Kajiggers with, well, Dan and Emily. It's been a while since we've said it like that, but we've got- It's been a while since you've said it like that. I, so I'm not brain functioning today. We've probably spent about 15 minutes trying to open this show because my dog decided to throw up twice, but today's show, we're talking about video games, and in particular, the movie Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's been a long time since I've actually watched it. It's probably been since it first came out on DVD. You rewatched it again, though, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be a short conversation. No, I rewatched it, but like before then, it's been a few years since I've seen it. It was my first time seeing it. I don't know why I never saw it, but it's on Disney Plus now, so. Yeah, and. Easy. Isn't there a sequel? Yes, and it- it's called Ralph Breaks the Internet. Oh. I'll have to see if that's on Disney Plus. It is. It's okay. Right next to it. If you type in Wreck It. Well, I searched for Wreck It Ralph 2 last night and nothing showed up, so that explains it. Yeah. I was going to say, my dumbass. Do you know how I spell Wreck? No. With an R instead of a W. Nice. Good job. <laughs> okay. Before we get into talking about the movie, let's do our usual catch up on the week. Nothing really major here, but I did go to an escape room today with Mikey's mom and her boyfriend and one of his brothers, and it was Wizard of Oz theme, and it was really cool, and we beat the timer. That's good. And, or escape rooms are fun. What were you going to call it? Wreck it room. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think we beat it with like less than two minutes to spare, but I actually ended up completing the last room myself. I mean, I... Everybody else was trying to figure it out, but I'm like, okay, there was like a podium and I got the things turned and then the screen turned on with somebody talking and then I'm like, oh, maybe these levers, it had like dials and you had to move the levers the way the dials were pointing and I beat it. But no, it was a lot of fun and I would definitely do it again. I kind of wished though that there was more to it. It didn't feel like we were in there an hour. Well, we beat it in 48 minutes, so it was more than two minutes to spare. So we actually did pretty good. Yeah. But I do wish there was like another level or something. Like it could have been like a little bit more time with another room. Yeah. So was there only the one room? Three rooms. So you started off in Kansas in like a little shack, but like it wasn't, you weren't Dorothy. Dorothy was leaving you the notes. Okay. And so you started off in Kansas, and then you went to, like, the Munchkin land, and then the third one was the Oz room. Okay. That sounds cool, though. But I kind of wish there was, like, if they would have thrown, like, the Wicked Witch's Castle in there as, like, an extra room, and then to Oz. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I've only been to one escape room, and it only had two rooms, but it's definitely something I would do again. Probably not that same place, because it wasn't that great. But Yeah. Yeah, But I would like to, because they've got some Halloween ones that are coming up, and the people that owned the one that we went to also hosts The Darkness. Mm-hmm. So that would be really cool to do. We should look at doing that. Yeah, that'd be fun. As usual, not a whole lot going on in my life. I finally got hooked on The Clone Wars. It took a while. I've given it many attempts. I got far enough in that I'm like, okay, I, I want to see what happens in the next episode. There's such short episodes of those, so that's annoying. Mm-hmm but I'm really enjoying it. I'm almost done with the first season. Did I talk about Vikings last time? You did. Okay. I still like Vikings, so. (laughs) I'm really into the Clone Wars now, so I'm probably going to just be watching a hell of a lot more of that. I've been playing a lot of Sims, so I haven't been watching a lot of TV, so doing a rags to rich challenge, which you just make your Sim as poor as possible and get them to be like the richest person in town. (laughs) Okay. 
So, without cheating, so. I like to cheat in games. Oh, I do too, so that's what makes it a fun challenge. And with the new Eco Lifestyle Pack, you can dumpster dive. And, well, you can basically find almost any item you can buy normally. And so, like, I found this super fancy stove and if you sell it it's 13,000 simoleons and I ended up getting that out of the dumpster and sold it for 13,000 simoleons and I'm like I want to make her like a restauranteer or whatever you want to call them like own (laughs) her own restaurant so now I gotta do that and make her poor again and struggle from the ground up. You talking about the dumpster remind me of someone at work the other day was taking forever to come back in from taking out the trash. And when I asked them what was taking them so long, they were just like, well, I'm just rearranging the dumpster. And all I could think with another coworker was, that's an urban dictionary. <laughs> and it doesn't take a whole lot of imagination to figure out what that would be. So let's put an urban dictionary to it. I'd rather not. I'll let people use their imaginations. I feel like there's really only one good definition for that. Butt stuff? Yeah. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah. It was just too perfect. I miss... Because I don't get to do that at my job that I have now. I mean, we do make some pretty bad jokes, but like when I worked with you guys, we took shit way too far and the further it went, the better it got, but it also got really fucking weird. Yeah, that's why it's the best, though, is when it gets so far away from what you were originally joking about, and it's just weird and surreal. See, my favorite part was that trickling people off into how uncomfortable it made them, like, see who was standing left, and usually it was you and I. Yeah. Um, The memories. I miss working there sometimes, but, like, also not. Yeah, I feel that. (laughs) Me too. I still work there, and I miss working there sometimes, but mostly not. That definitely was the hardest part about leaving, is, like, leaving the good co-workers. Yeah. Well, now that we've caught up, why don't we uh, dive right into talking about Wreck-It Ralph? I guess I should do the summary just off the top of my head, since I didn't prepare for it. Fucking send it. For anybody who hasn't seen Wreck-It Ralph, it's basically set in the world of arcade video games, and Ralph is a... Donkey Kong style bad guy in a really old 30 year old video game and he's just tired of being the bad guy he wants to be the good guy for once and everybody treats him like crap because his job is to just tear up this apartment building day after day while another guy comes and fixes it and everybody's grateful to the hero but nobody ever thanks him for his hard work every day so he escapes from his game and goes in pursuit of getting a medal that will tell people he's a hero and along his journeys, he runs into a little girl named Vanellope in a almost Candyland-style racing game. And he teams up with her to help her accomplish her dreams and hopefully accomplish his goal of obtaining a medal. Fix-It Felix Jr. is an actual game, right? Yeah, they made that into a game around that time. It's not bad. I remember playing it on I think my iPad when it came out. I was going to say, I've never played it, but I, mean, I thought it was a game that came out like years ago. It was just created to go with as like a tie-in for the movie. Okay. It's not. It's not a bad game. It's right up there, like the whole Donkey Kong style thing, where mm-hmm. bad guys at the top of the level, you just dodge obstacles and attacks while you try to work your way up there. Yeah, I do like this movie quite a bit, and I forgot how much I liked it because, like, I got when I watched it this time around, I was like, oh, you know, just I because I completely forgot about like what happened in the movie and 
it got me sucked in again. And I like when movies can do that. And I don't know if it's just because, like, I like cartoon movies because I've got the brain of a five-year-old. But, like, they did a really good job with this movie. Yeah, I thought so, too. It's it's one of those rare video game movies that doesn't suck, probably because it's not trying to be an adaptation of any specific video game. I really liked that in the world of, like, after the video game, the arcade closes, so then the video games become, like, they're real people. This is, like, their job working the video game machines, and there's, what was it called? Game Central Station. Yeah. And it was just, like, it was a train station, like, Grand Central Station. In a surge protector is what I loved. The tricks that they did to make it look as human as possible was really cool. And then, like, there was, a, like, an AA meeting, almost. Yeah. For, for, for bad, bad guys. guys. They called it <laughs> Bad Guys Anon or something. I may be a bad guy, but that doesn't mean I have to be a bad guy. Yeah. I just love that. Like, oh, wow. They had a tavern. Which was yeah. a game called Tavern, and but they didn't serve alcohol because it's a kid's movie. Mm. But I mean, there were some like good adult humor, though, in that movie. I liked little touches. Like in the game Central Station, since it's supposed to be a surge protector, if you look at the walls, it has markings like a surge protector would, like 125 volt, 15 amp or something like that. I don't think I actually noticed that. And just having worked in hardware and putting up enough electrical plugs and stuff, I'm like, yep, that's on there. (laughs) My eye was just drawn to it. Yeah. I liked that they, so when they were at the meeting, the bad guys were at the meeting, they were in Pac-Man's world because they're the, you know, the ghosts in the bad guy. It has the room. And so when they're exiting, it goes out to a shot of the old pixelated game. That was a really nice touch. Yeah. I like, because some of them, they did the old touches too like if they panned out it was the old like pixelated graphics yeah which that's impressive but like when it got up close like the graphics were so the animation was really good well did you notice there's a scene early on when ralph is trying to crash a party and he accidentally like smashes this cake and it splatters all over everybody did you notice that splatter is all pixelated on people? No. Yeah, it's in square shapes. It's a subtle <laughs> thing, but it's it's great if you notice it. There's lots of little things like that in the movie. Speaking of the people in the Fix-It Felix game, Ralph and Felix moved normally, but like the other people moved like they jumped and like they had real boxy arms and they like Yeah. It was like 2D almost, but they were like three-dimensionally made, but they moved in 2D. Yeah. That was actually really cool. And then uh, the part where Felix meets that um, commander, she's a badass. Yes. Oh, there's a game in there called Heroes Duty. It's kind of like a Gears of War or something like that. Yeah. And the squad commander is this female. And did we ever... I can't remember her name, if she had a name. She had a name, but I can't remember. All I can think of is Jane Lynch. Yeah. I think pretty it, sure that's who yeah, voiced it's her. Jane Lynch, and the character looks like a like super hot twenty year old idealized version of Jane Lynch. But she is a hard ass badass, and she like she was probably one of my favorite characters because female empowerment. <laughs> but um, Felix asked like, why is she the way that she is? Well, she he asked, is she always like that? And he goes, yeah, the programming made her the toughest background of any other video game yeah, she character. she has the most tragic background of any character. 
And so, like, on her wedding day, her fiancé groom was eaten by this bug character from the game that they're killing. And she, like, goes fucking psycho. Yeah, I love that part because it is such a, like, over-the-top tragic backstory. (laughs) And the narration is, it was the one day in her life she didn't do a perimeter check. And her husband got eaten. But then at the end of the movie, her and Fix-It Felix get married, and you see, like, the entire um, audience at the wedding has, like, sniper rifles pointed at the window in case anything crashes through. (laughs) You just see a whole bunch of red dots just on the window. The Oreo guards. I I have that note. (laughs) It's so great because you went to that Wizard of Oz-themed escape room. Mm. That joke got me, so... In this Candyland-style world, there's a king, and he has a castle, and it's protected by Oreos with spears, but the establishing shot of them is almost identical to the shot of the guards outside the witch's castle in Wizard of Oz, and they're just marching around going, Oreo, Oreo. I loved that. It's the little things like when you watch it again that you pick up. And the subtleties of, like, the way they related the game stuff mm-hmm. to real life, just some of the things that Vanellope would say would really, like, she would change it to, like, some kind of candy twist. And I, I really appreciate the small details that they did to that. I think that's the difference between a just rushed out kids movie that people are going to forget about or a really good animated movie where the writers and the animators, they take time to just add in stupid little things but they build out the world like that there was a crude reference right after the commander and felix got together to find ralph and i can't remember what it was i don't think i caught it but like i mean even at the beginning of the movie it said there was some crude humor and i'm like what this movie but it's like when you watch things as an adult you realize i'm like holy shit that was actually in there. (laughs) But kids don't get it. No, it's little touches for the adults that I appreciate. Another movie that I really like that does this whole video game world thing without being based on a specific game is Ready Player One. Have you ever seen that? Mm -mm. I can't go as far as to say it's a great movie, but it's a good popcorn movie, especially if you like the, not even just video games, but just pop culture references. Like it's just, got a lot going on so it's like lots of little things in the background that you appreciate maybe we'll have to do it at some point yeah because i remember it coming out and it wasn't something i was actually interested in seeing just because i didn't like the cast lineup Mm. so and it didn't look appealing like i like old video games but it just didn't look appealing it I don't know why, but it just, I couldn't see myself watching it. It wasn't a movie I was planning on seeing, and then it just happened to be, I was meeting some friends to hang out for my birthday. It was the only thing really showing. We're like, okay, we'll give it a try. And I've watched it several times since. One thing I noticed in this movie, where is this arcade? I don't think arcades are that popular anymore, like, especially standalone arcades, Mm -hmm. maybe like Dave and Buster's type places, but not a standalone arcade where people are waiting at opening time for them to come and unlock the doors. I wish that was still a thing, though, and it's probably been like 15, 20 years since like that really was popular, Mm -hmm. because now kids have so much access to games in just the palm of their hand. I wish I was old enough to go to arcades because um, when we were at the escape room, they had old pinball machines and they were so much fun. 
and I think arcades are cool. I went to an arcade a couple times as a kid. They were already on their way out when I was little because consoles were the big thing, and an arcade game's never going to be as in-depth as any console game. Mm -hmm. But one thought I had watching this movie was Sugar Rush, Vanellope's racing game. It very much, to me, since it's supposed to be a more modern game, it reminded me of something that would be more of a mobile phone game, which kind of makes sense because mobile games right now and arcade games back then operate under the same principle of just get them to keep paying money. Arcade games were supposed to be easy to pick up, but almost impossible to beat because you want people to keep plugging in quarters. Mm -hmm. And now we just have that same system on our phones where it's like, okay, you can kind of have fun or you can have a little more fun by paying $1.99 over and over again. The small little trickeries. When I was in Florida last year, we went to a 80s style bar mm -hmm. and it was a gaming bar and it had a bunch of like old games and you didn't have to pay any money for them. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, the drinks paid for themselves. Yeah. But like all the old video games that they had there, just like, well, these th things that I never played before, but like I knew of, that was like my only experience of going into like an arcade. When I was a kid, the thing that was popular was fighting games or side-scrolling games like X-Men or Street Fighter, those kinds of things. But I do kind of remember encountering like Miss Pac-Man from time to time. And those games, those are fun. Like they're challenging. You, can, you don't really have to invest in the story. So when you're ready to walk away, you can just walk away. At the um, opening of the show, they had the Street Fighter. Is that what it was? Yeah, Zangief. Yep. Uh, they were the first ones to open the show almost. And they're, when the arcade shut down, they're like, man, you want to go to the tavern and get a drink? And everyone's like, yeah, if you're buying. And they just walk off. Oh, yeah, that was Ken and Ryu. That was great. They're mid-fight and like, oh, it's quitting time. Let's go get a drink. <laughs> oh, man. I just like the fact, like, Vanellope, she's like this little girl because Sugar Us, their characters are all girls except for King Candy. And she's essentially a glitch in the game. She was, or that's what it was made to be, mm -hmm. she's a glitch in the game, and glitches aren't allowed to race. So she's basically trying to fight her way into this race and win so she can prove to them that she is more than just a glitch. Right. But turns out that's how she was actually made, and she's kind of... Well, the glitch was introduced later, but she decided to keep her glitch even after she was restored to being an, a real character. Yeah. And I thought that, I mean, because that's who she is, and that's what she grew to be fond of, and mm. that's kind of like what the message of the movie is, is like, they had to find their own, like, acceptance. Yeah, because, except who they were. Because it took until the end of the movie, like, Ralph became okay, like, after he essentially, like, the one guy from, what was his name, Gary, Greg, whatever, the one villager in Fix-It Felix, who's just an asshole. Oh, I, I didn't learn his name. I know um, who you're talking about. He was just, he's a piece of shit. But like the rest of them like became accepting. And when Ralph helped save the world from, well, the world, the video game world from the bug, mm -hmm. the virus that got out and helping Vanellope find out who she truly was, it really spoke volumes because I mean, you all, you thought like, oh, this is just going to be about Ralph winning a medal. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it had a lot, it was more in depth, but like, it was still a kid's movie, but it was actually, it had deeper meaning. Do you want to go deep? I have some deep thoughts. 
go for it. You can go deep. So Ralph starts questioning his life and where he's going on the 30th anniversary of the game. So it's like his 30th birthday. Mm-hmm. He's having a quarter-life crisis. Yeah. And trust me, I've been there. <laughs> I know what that's like. You hit your 30s and you're like, well, I'm not sure I want to keep doing things quite the same way I've been doing them. I got to start thinking about you know where my future's going. But I think this movie is a metaphor for parenthood. Yeah. I think it's like the journey from just the simple, like legal adulthood of your 20s, technically an adult, but yeah, you're a kid, to actually maturing in your 30s. So like Ralph, he's feeling purposeless. He starts to pursue what he thinks is his new dream. And then suddenly an unexpected child derails Ralph's dreams, leading to <laughs> anger and resentment. But then his better instincts lead him to start caring about this kid. And he starts putting his energy into helping her pursue her goals. And then he finds his purpose in making her dreams come true. Wow. I think that's a journey a lot of people go on when they unexpectedly become parents. And then they just take to it. And suddenly what they wanted isn't as important anymore. I don't think I would have ever thought of it like that. But when you're talking, I thought about like, it doesn't break the fourth wall, but it kind of, without acknowledging, you know, an audience that's viewing, but they're interacting with the humans of the movie world. Yeah. So, like, in a sense, they do break a fourth wall, kind of, and, like, they're self-aware of, like, their purpose in their video games, which is kind of neat to me. Yeah. Sorry, that I don't know why, <laughs> like, that just randomly popped in my head. Continue with your deep thoughts. All that just kind of resonated with me. I mean, I don't have kids, but I know what it's like to reach a point in your life when you're asking questions about, like, what am I doing with my life? What should I be doing? I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then also having seen people have kids they weren't planning on having, but then they just become great parents. Well, um, did you have any other deep thoughts? At one point in the movie, we are led to believe that because of Vanellope's glitch, which is treated as a disability or disease, if she is allowed to actually race, which is her dream that Ralph is helping her pursue, she'll become a permanent racer for players to choose from, but then they'll start complaining that she's glitchy, so the game will be treated as out of order and unplugged. All the normal characters can escape to Game Central Station, but glitched characters can't leave their game. They can't go to Game Central Station, so she'll be stuck in it and she'll die when the world is unplugged. It has struck me as almost like when parents find out their kid has a disease and they have to choose, okay, what's more important for them to live longer but not get to be as happy? Or can I improve their quality of life and let them pursue things that probably aren't that great for their long-term health, but at least they get to be happy? That, Dan, who are you? What? <laughs> I connected with this movie on an emotional level. What can I say? That, I mean, those are two things I, well, I kind of understood like the disability thing with the game of her glitch being, you know, she was treated so shitty yeah. by the other players. But since we're talking about that, King Candy's a bitch. <laughs> and he actually ends up being the bad guy of the game. And yeah. once he's defeated after she wins the race, the spell or whatever they are under disappears mm -hmm. and Vanellope is actually the princess of the game, but she still has the glitch. And at the end of the movie, you see there is a young girl that wanted to play that game earlier and she was playing some of the other ones. Well, she's playing the racing game, the Sugar Rush racing game at the end, and she's Vanellope. 
and Vanellope's glitch ends up helping her win the race because mm. she teleport. Like it's almost like a teleport. Yeah, which is kind of cool, honestly. And she uses that and wins the race. I really like that character, Vanellope. She very much reminded me of um, Louise from Bob's Burgers. Yes, it's that same kind of small, mischievous, but still kind of sweet character. Yeah, I have a soft spot for those types of characters. Unpopular opinion. I love Sarah Silverman. I like Sarah Silverman too. I feel like sometimes she's too Sarah Silverman. But like, I know what you mean, though. When she was really up and coming, I definitely liked her. But now she kind of leans into trying to be obnoxious sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, I liked her portrayal of this character. I definitely need to see the sequel. Me too. And I like that Vanellope almost looks like a baby cartoon character of Sarah Silverman too. Yeah. I like that. Like, because she, she got to put her own, like, like this was her character. Mm-hmm. But I generally really like this movie. I did too. One thing I love about doing this podcast now and so much of what we watch is on Disney Plus just for convenience. It's really bringing me back into Disney for a long time. Like, I didn't watch that many Disney movies. I mean, Star Wars or Marvel, but those aren't really Disney movies. And now I'm like discovering these movies that I hadn't really given a chance. And I really like this one. I definitely think we should do the sequel. Mostly because I know that there's one part that has, involves like all the Disney princesses because, well, technically, Vanellope is a princess in this game, mm-hmm. and it's a Disney movie. Yeah. So. She's a Disney princess. Technically. Yeah, let's just leave it at that. And now we'll move into a little short segment of Shut Up and Take My Money. We haven't played this in so long. It's not even really playing anything at the moment. Just... Well, yeah, but we haven't done this in quite some time. Yeah, it's just a segment we like to do from time to time where we find random things that would be cool to own. And for this particular episode, we each found a couple video game themed items. And I'll let you start. Probably one of my favorite items is that somebody refurbished a PlayStation and turned it into a clock. And I fucking love it because, well, okay, Sega was actually my first game console, but like we had the Sega Genesis and the PlayStation all at the same time. I don't know how I feel about that. I found the same one and almost used it. I hate to see actual consoles destroyed and turned into art when there's people out there that I'm sure would love to find one and refurbish it. Um, I still have my original PlayStation. It need it does need a little work because it turns on, but no, the PlayStation 2 memory card slots don't work. The PlayStation 1 turns on, but it won't do something. Like, I do need to get it fixed because I've got a bunch of PlayStation games that I want to play, like Twisted Metal. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, I never played that one, but I know what you're talking about. But, like, we've got... Crash Bandicoot and Spyro and Twisted Metal and a few other games. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2, probably one of my favorite games. It's a cool idea. I just hate to see any of those old consoles that are going to be increasingly rare basically destroyed for art. Yeah. The 3D printed would be a lot lighter too because PlayStation's heavy. Yeah. And I think a 3D printed one will be a little bit lighter because, I mean, there's not it's not going to have all those innards in it. Yeah, probably. So my first one, it's a video game rage stress relief candle. And it's labeled for when a nine-year-old kills you and teabags your dead body. 
Mikey needs that. He game rages so hard. That's why he's never allowed to buy another Call of Duty game because that's all he does is because douchebags play Call of Duty. Mm. Fight me. The gameplay in Call of Duty has gotten so out of hand. Okay, so here's the thing with any of those online shooters that I hate. If you don't get them on day one and devote your entire life to getting amazingly good at it and knowing every inch of every map, then you're never going to win any matches other than through blind luck from time to time. Yeah, I... I don't have that much time to devote to a game. I like something I can pick up and play casually. The last time I played Call of Duty is when I had my Xbox 360 and Call of Duty Black Ops 2 came out. So that was literally the last time I played it. How much is that? What, the candle? Yeah. (laughs) You should get it for him. And don't tell him you're getting it. Just wait until he's raging against somebody online. And light it? And just hand it to him. (laughs) Don't even say anything. Just hand it to him and walk away. It is seven ninety six. That's not bad for a candle, considering Yankee Candle is like $13 for a small yeah. one. So my next one is a Super Mario Brothers toilet paper holder. And it's like a Lego Mario. Okay. So it's got like, you know, the claw hands mm-hmm. that holds the roll. <laughs> well, excuse so me. Bronx just got up against Emily's mic stand. And was rubbing against it so hard, he just pushed it away from her mouth. I have a story of about him, but we'll do it after this because okay. it was fucking gross. But it's a 3D printed toilet paper holder. And, oh my gosh, there's Captain America, there's Homer Simpson, there's Deadpool, oh, there's a Spock. That's cool. There's some Star Wars ones and like the lightsaber as the uh, toilet paper holder. Stop oh, there's an actual lightsaber one. He's over here rubbing against my laptop, and then he starts trying to chew on the side of it. Did he rub his mouth on it? Yeah. He just lifts his lip up and just rubs his face on it. I don't know if like that gets like a stank on there or something. I don't know. Anyway, go on. But these are really cool. Would be down to get one if it wasn't so expensive. How much is it? $53. God damn. I'll do my last one, then you can tell your disgusting story about Bronx. Okay. So- my other one that I thought you would enjoy is a mouse pad for when you're playing Sims. And it has a little like diamond-shaped symbol and says, I torture imaginary people. I do. I need that. I, I had the first Sims, and that was about all I did was that will torture all... imaginary people. That was my favorite. The Sims 1 was my favorite, and it's so hard to come by now because you can't play it on windows 10 you have to have a certain software to play it Mm -hmm. and even then sometimes it will crash because there's some youtubers that i watch that play sims and she'll one of them she plays the sims one every once in a while and it glitches i love the sims Mm. that's all i'm gonna say is i love playing the sims yeah so what's your story about bronx i don't think you're ready for this okay so yet again i have caught bronx humping my stuff and he's been really bad about it again. I've got a blanket in the bedroom. That's like my all-time favorite blanket. It's got the Carolina Panthers on it. And it's balled up on the bed. I laid it there and I come home. I think it was Wednesday when I, after I worked at the bar. And Bronx is taking it to Poundtown. I pushed him <laughs> off of it. Turn around to do something. And he's back on it. I pushed him off so hard, he didn't have enough time to pull Peter in. (laughs) It was so gross. (laughs) 
<laughs> he was laying on the bed, legs spread, staring at me like I just ran over him. Think how he felt. Don't haunt my shit. I pushed him off once because of it, and he goes back within seconds to finish, and Bish didn't even get to finish because, ugh, it was so weird. It's not his fault you won't get him a wife. No, it's his fault that he can't have another cat to be a hump buddy because he will kill it. What if? What? Best of both worlds. <laughs> you get Bronx a taxidermied female cat. I'm pretty sure he would still attack it. How creepy would that be, though? You just walk in and your cat's humping a stuffed cat. That's why it would probably- That was once alive. In all seriousness, if that actually happened, that would go straight in the fucking basement. <laughs> you do whatever you want down there. I don't give a fuck as long as it's not up here on my stuff. Just my stuff. Always my stuff. <sighs> this cat infuriates me, but I love him so much. Between the screaming for food, because I- Feed him enough, Dan. He gets two scoops of food a day, and I fill his bowl, and he <laughs> screams at me because it's not wet food that I apparently, I don't give him wet food. Well, I give him wet food like once to two times a week if he's good. I'm sorry. I'm just distracted by your dog walking back and forth with different toys playing with them. <laughs> she went from one side of the room, picked up a squeak toy, squeaked it all the way to go put it on another side of the room, then picked up a tennis ball and brought it to me. <laughs> Is sitting on Mikey's slide, too. She dropped it on Mikey's slide. <laughs> she was being such a good girl up until this point. <laughs> now she's just over at Finn's kennel. <laughs> Scotty. Oh, man. Let's move on. We're going to bring back our game we played a few episodes ago of... <laughs> Scotty, you're and, killing like, me. My favorite part is like when she picks up a toy, it's in victory, and she trots away with it. Yeah, we're going to return to the game we did a few episodes ago where we try to guess the artist or song just from the song lyrics. Last time we did it, I trolled Emily by doing all Chad Kroger. I still hate you for that. And when I was scrolling through my iTunes, one of his songs came up because it was with Santana. And all I could do was just like shake my head in utter disgust and disappointment at that game. All right. Why don't you go first? With just a look, they shook and heavens bowed before him. Simply a look can break your heart. The stars that pierced the sky, he left them all behind. We're left to wonder why he left us all behind. Should I know this song? I would think so. It doesn't sound familiar at all. Mm, probably came out when you were in college. Uh, I don't know. Where did you find that? <laughs> <laughs> Scotty's gone crazy. So we have Bark Box, and a couple boxes ago, it was themed to Scooby Doo. Because a new Scooby-Doo movie came out. Yeah. And I had that one hidden because she rips up toys so easy. And she just found that fucker. Some It's a mystery machine. And she found it. And I don't know where she found <laughs> yeah, it she from. she just came running by. And you're like, well, where did you find that? <laughs> Anyways. I have no idea what song that was. Miss Murder by AFI. No. It doesn't sound familiar at all. Okay. Okay. My tummy's turning, and I'm feeling kind of homesick. Too much pressure, and I'm nervous. That's when the taxi man turned on the radio, and the Jay-Z song was on. It's Miley Cyrus party in the USA. Yes, it is. I don't like where this is going already. 
Just, How can you possibly know where this is going? Because it's you. Okay, what's your next one? Oh, yeah. Don't need permission. Made my decision to test my limits. Because it's my business. God is my witness. Start what I finished. Don't need no hold up. Taking control of this kind of moment. I'm locked and loaded, completely focused. My mind is open. Parts of it sound familiar, but I have no idea. It should. Is it a rapper? No. No, I don't know. Ariana Grande, Dangerous Woman. I don't know that one. Really? Yeah. I'm sure you do if you heard it. Probably. Like, there's only a couple Ariana Grande songs that I like enough to know the actual song name. Are you ready for the next one? Absolutely not. There's always going to be another mountain. I'm always going to want to make it move. Always going to be an uphill battle. Sometimes I'm going to have to lose. Ain't about how fast I get there. Ain't about what's waiting on the other side. Just stop. It's Miley Cyrus. Are you sure about that one? Yes, it's the climb. Good job. I hate you. Would you care to guess what the next one is? Miley Cyrus, some kind of variation. I would be surprised if there's some Hannah Montana in there. We'll see. Hmm. I got to regret right now. The air is so cold and null. Let me go in her room. I want to take off her clothes. Show me the way to bed. Show me the way you move. Fuck it. It's such a blur. I love all the things you do. You have to know this. And if you don't, I'm going to be upset. (laughs) It sounds familiar. It sounds so familiar. Should I sing it to you with the other part in there? It would probably sound like I would probably get it if I had the tune. You're so good at like taking the tune out of these. I have no idea who actually is, but based just on the lyrics, I'm going to go with R. Kelly. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. You want to try that again? I'll give you a... No. I, I don't know. Let me see if I can sing this like Tom DeLonge. Who? <laughs> okay. I actually do know Tom DeLonge is from some band, but I mostly only know him as being a UFO conspiracy theorist. Blink-182. Okay. Feeling this. I don't know it. Yes, you do. No, I don't. If you listen to it, I bet you would. Oh, (laughs) buddy. (laughs) See, here's the thing. I don't listen to song lyrics most of the time. My theory with most hit songs is that you could put literally any lyrics in there, and as long as it has a good tune, people will still love it. Here's my next one. I hope you're ready. I'm sneaky as fuck when it comes to crime, but I'm a smoke em now and not next time. Smoke any motherfucker that sweats me or any asshole that threatens me. It has to have something to do with Miley Cyrus because this is the trend that you are on, but I don't. Is that all you got in lyric? Yep. Anything else would give it away. I don't know that one. That is Nobody's Perfect from Hannah Montana 2. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> this is the director's cut. You don't get on Disney+. Plus. No, that is Fuck the Police by NWA. It was hard to find something in that song that wouldn't immediately like identify it as that song. You know, the last time that we did this, I actually almost did that song, but I knew that it would be too easy for you. Who would ever guess that I would just become an NWA fan? Not I. Wake up in the morning, see your sunrise love to go down. Lousy lover pick their prey, but they never cry out loud. Cry out. Does she make you cry, make you break down, shatter your illusion of love? And is it over now? Do you know how? Pick up the pieces and go home. Mm, this one hurts me. <laughs> it sounds so familiar. I don't know it. I suck at this game. 
<laughs> I don't it know. plays at your job quite often <sighs> if certain people are there. I don't know. And if she make you cry, make you break down, shatter your illusion of love. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> God damn it, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Fleetwood Mac is it? Yeah, yeah. Goldust yeah. Woman. I gave that one to you. You did, but that's sad. Even after, like, I like could hear the song in my head, I'm like, who the fuck sings that? I like Fleetwood Mac, too. I should have known that one. I hope you get this one. You're given a flower, but I guess there's just no pleasing you. Your lips taste sour, but you think that's just me teasing you. You got a reaction. You got a reaction, didn't you? Puck, I know this. I'm going to hate myself, aren't I? Probably. Is it a band I listen to? I don't know if you listen to them, but you know this song. It's Blue Orchid, White Stripes. I don't listen to the White Stripes. I you, don't, you don't know. know Blue Orchid. Mm-mm. I know nothing of them or songs because I didn't like them. That was one of those songs that was everywhere at one point. I don't know how you wouldn't know that song. Nope. I guarantee you, you've heard it. I'm sure I have. <laughs> Just like but... I've probably heard every other one that you've given me. So I had one set of lyrics by this band and I just. I want to give something easy to Dan because he does suck at this game. I do. <laughs> so I just looked up another song by the same band and I'm hoping that you get it because this was so hugely popular in... When did this come out? 2008. Okay. <laughs> X's on the back of your hands. Wash them in the bathroom to drink like the bands. In your set list, you stole off the stage has red and purple lipstick all over the page. Bruises cover your arms, shaking in the fingers with the bottle in your palm. Is that it? That's all I'm going to give you. <laughs> this is in the middle of the song. I don't... I have Do you no- want me to read you the beginning lyrics? Yes. Black dress with the tights underneath. I got the breath of the last cigarette on my teeth. And she's an actress, but she ain't got no need. She's got money from her parents in a trust fund back east. The gold digger? No. I don't know. Tongues. Always pressed to your cheeks. While my tongue is on the inside of some other girl's teeth. You can keep looking at me with that disappointment. I have no clue what song this is. Don't Trust Me by 303. That sounds like another made-up band. This was so hugely popular. 303 was so... Like, I've seen them in concert a couple times, and they're so much fun. And in 2008, when this came out, I was 12. I don't know the song. (laughs) I'm sure you do. Just like everything else. Okay. Okay, my last one. It's probably going to be a little harder, so I'm going to give you more lyrics. Okay. They're going to fill up your nook with different kinds of e-books, but you can read them on Kindle too. So many genres of fun, they come in fiction or non, whatever language that you choose. Some people's fictional works are other sexual quirks, but we can censor them if you need. Don't try to read them in bed, because some will mess with your head and drive you crazy as Charlie Sheen. I say, literature scares the living shit out of me, and not just the books written by Stephen King. They're much too verbose, and use such excessive prose. You might enjoy reading poems, but not me. Is this supposed to be Teenagers by My Chemical Romance, but changed? Yes, I changed it to a song about books. How did you do that? I was really bored at work. That's impressive. Like, I'm giving you this. That's impressive, but like when you said that part, I'm like, 
See, no. I, I thought just from like the rhyme scheme, like you would get it on the first like couple lines. I, of, I wasn't listening to the rhyme scheme. I was yeah. listening to the lyrics because yeah. that's what I do is I see I listen to lyrics, Dan. I have such a good appreciation for this. I am so impressed. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. So people might not know that's something I just do when I'm bored at work is I just make up stupid song lyrics to go with existing songs. I I am honestly impressed by They're this. Usually not that long, but I felt particularly inspired. I mean, lately the only other one I've come up with is you and me just sitting in the dark eating beans and trying not to fart. <laughs> so in comparison, this is a lot better. I don't know. I'd rather listen to that than that country bullshit. Yeah. Okay. Why don't we uh, start wrapping it up with Urban Dictionary. I can't wait to disappoint you with this. So... In staying with the theme of Wreck-It Ralph, there is a Wreck-It Ralph Urban Dictionary. You ready? Probably not. Let's go. <laughs> when a man, while performing vaginal or anal intercourse with a woman in the doggy style position, ejaculates while yelling, I'm gonna wreck it, <laughs> while s- simultaneously f- performing a final power thrust and double hammer fist on the woman's buttocks. Sounds like he's about to rearrange the dumpster. <laughs> and unfortunately, that's the only Urban Dictionary that I have today because they were a little lousy this week. That's okay. We'll uh, end the show on that note. Don't punch butts. Yeah, don't punch butts. <laughs> title of our show. Yep, that's the episode title. <laughs> okay. As usual, we would appreciate it if you would give us any star ratings or reviews on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. And don't forget, you can always find us at our website at mikeandjiggers.com or our Facebook page, Mike Jiggers Podcast, where you guys can let us know what movie you want us to review. Let us know what you think of Wreck-It Ralph and let us know what other games you want us to play because we have fun playing games on here. Yeah. Until next time. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia.